0: Fat City by Leonard Gardner depicts the lives of losing men. For them, their whole life is their boxing career, a finite sport, only meant for young men crazy enough to take a beating. Billy Tully is turning 30 and has limited time left to reclaim the fight. He felt the guilt of inaction, of simply waiting while his life went to waste. No one was worth the gift of his life, no one could possibly be worth that. It belonged to him alone, and he did not deserve it either because he was letting it waste. It was getting away from him, and he made no effort to stop it. Welcome to episode three of Austin Bound, a podcast about reading from an Austin perspective. For today's episode, i talked to Dr. Tolga Ozerkchu about sports and rivalries in fiction. Dr. O is a kinesiology professor at UT who teaches classes on sports in a sociocultural, historical, and ethical context. We talked about what makes a rivalry how rivalries affect players and fans, one-on-one rivalries, and more. Here's that conversation. Today we are talking about rivalries because we are in our football season, and I don't know too much about sports personally. I'm more of a reader than an athlete, but like any other Longhorn, sports is fun, and rivalries are especially interesting because they're not quite competitors, they're not just enemies, and they're not friends of course so I wanted to know from you what do you define a rivalry as so
1: that's a really good question and I and I like that you say there aren't they're not quite competitors to be a sport it has to be competitive right but competitors in sports aren't quite the same as competitors in business or in nature right McDonald's is trying to put Burger King out of business but if we put Oklahoma out of business that's not actually very good for us we almost we need each other, right? But I think history, like you, you got to play a bunch of times, right? You can have a classic game between two teams, but that's a one-off, right? So a certain amount of time, and I don't think I can give you a number like 10 years or 50 years or whatever, but it needs time to kind of marinate. And I think it also needs some amount of competitive balance. And then there's the part that we just kind of invent, right? And that's that identity piece that actually makes it Interesting. Maybe if we're trying to make a formula, it's so those three pieces and they're not perfectly balanced, but longevity, some amount of competition or or competitive balance and, and some sort of cultural hook that, that brings it all together.
0: Yeah, I definitely see that cultural hook, especially when it comes to UT's rivals. There are some innate similarities between us and then some obvious differences. Another thing about sporting events, I guess, is that they are... Super engaging to be in. That's like the biggest draw is that the excitement that happens in real time. So, when we're thinking about this from a writing perspective, how can we replicate that excitement in fiction?
1: Oh, wow. That's a really good question, right? I mean, because that's one of those unique things where sports and art don't totally overlap. I can read anytime, I don't have to sit over your shoulder while you're writing it, right? But Even watching a recording of a game hours after it finished feels like it lost something. And that is even a big gap from seeing it happen live in person. Sports and fiction tends to kind of just be um, a lens for exploring greater human ideas and struggles and tension. But I think what a good writer can do is generate some of that immediacy and tension that you experience when watching a sports event uh, and get that onto the page. That may be a testament to those writers who can kind of do with words what you know athletes can do on the field in terms of that almost disassociative disassociative kind of experience of of time and experience something happen in front of you.
0: I I like how you compared the two that they're both disassociative experiences that you're not really completely in your own head whether you're in a live sporting event, watching it happen, or if you're reading a book because you're not thinking about the outside world. I never thought of it that way. A lot of times in sports fiction, fiction in general, we kind of use it to explore like the bigger context of the world. And part of that exploration I feel comes from having access to a character's inner dialogue. So how is this used to explore a character's relationship with their sport and then with their rival?
1: You don't want to dismiss the surface level, which is like the sports can just provide powerful kind of metaphors and, and imagery. Um, and I think what maybe fiction achieves is is unless you spend time with the athlete outside of the sports context or outside of like the competitive context, people have such strong opinions about real life athletes, but they're formed. At this great and really heavily mediated distance, I saw Travis Kelsey got another 400,000 followers after his new uh, romantic interest there. But like we don't, we don't know them. You know, we know like, in principle, they're training and resting and getting ready for the game or whatever it is. But I think when I, when I think of the good sports fiction, it really has this almost humanizing effect where it's like, oh yeah, like what is happening? in between these things, right? And again, we have this almost hero worship level of relationship with our with, with the athletes that we watch, with the professionals, with the high-level college athletes. And then they also have to kind of do mundane day-to-day life things. There's a sense that that's just how we we think of them in this very kind of limited space. and And maybe fiction is one of the avenues where we can kind of think of them as more whole humans.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting relationship because although in fiction we're reading fictional characters obviously they're not real but in a way we are humanizing athletes who are treated sometimes as characters because of, of course we don't know their full story one last question before we get into your book recommendations oh, okay, that you yeah. reminded me of um so you mentioned that one to one rivalries can be very different when it comes to group rivalries so i just wanted to ask what change is there in the dynamic between like a team rivalry to a one-to-one rivalry?
1: So I think, I mean, there are a couple of things. So one, the individual rivalry is much more short-lived, right? We've been playing, you know, we've been playing some of these football and baseball rivalries at UT are well over 100 years old, but an individual rivalry is... You know, it's it's bound by the length of a career. I think it becomes much more of this, it's a much more direct narrative with the individual rivalry. It's much more kind of in the open and it's much less open to debate because you have, like, there's the data. These two played against each other 10 times, 20 times. And this is how many times she won. This is how many times she won. You can talk about the great basketball or football or baseball teams or soccer teams or whatever, And you can talk about great players, great athletes within those teams, but the results you have talk about that whole group of people, right? So it's almost responsibility is kind of diffused among the group, right? They all lost together. They all won together. If you lose in a football game, there's dozens of people you can blame, even if you were, you know, critical to that loss. So I think maybe that's where it kind of ruptures, but it also has the potential to be, It also kind of makes legends. Individual contests become these kind of mythical things. You know, with like Muhammad Ali, you've heard of maybe like the rumble in the jungle or like these sort of like, these become almost cultural level moments where two people who were great kind of competitors like came together and hopefully like we were all better off for just having been able to experience that. So kind of coming to the conclusion that individual sports are actually, it's a loaded term, but better because because of because of this. It, they're, they're a more true expression of human potential um because there's no one to there's no one to hide behind you either did it or you didn't and everyone knows um, and i don't know if i could have handled that pressure
0: yeah i mean that may be a hot take for sports fans but i i kind of agree with you like there's so much risk and reward when it comes to engaging in an individual sport and when it comes to like the outside perspective When you are put in kind of like a rivalry position, what that rivalry does to you as a person can be very harmful or it could be really great. Um, So to kind of segue into the book recommendation, you have a recommendation for me that talks about kind of a one on one rivalry. Would you mind telling me a little bit about your recommendation?
1: Yeah. So the book is Fat City by Leonard Gardner. And I'll admit I had a tough time. Coming up with a recommendation for you because while there's a lot of sports fiction there's actually not to my knowledge i can't think of any of that really chronicle rivalries there's not really much sports competition between the two protagonists who are kind of the rivals in this case they are two boxers and neither of them is very good but one of them has kind of been beaten up and he's trying to cling to what's left of a career and the other is younger. And at the start of the book, he's just kind of a guy in a gym and maybe he's gonna try to be a boxer. And so in this sort of pairing, Gardner kind of creates, gives us this sort of classic, these, these two archetypical, you know, the young guy with the future ahead of him and the older guy who's not actually that old, but in sports terms. So you have these two guys who are kind of just in each other's orbit and and again, maybe a testament to his writing, it, it feels like the book is all one kind of battle between the two of them and the ideas that each of them kind of represent, um, even though they're not actually like stepping into the ring together. So I'm kind of taking rivalry loosely, but I also think anyone who, who reads it will hopefully, um, will hopefully feel me that it is like, no, there's the idea of rivalry is very much baked in here. Um, even if it's not, you know, Longhorns-Sooners, Longhorns-Aggies-type rivalry that's being played out on the field repeatedly.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the kind of rivalry we expect from reading anyway, because obviously, like, the enemy trope isn't the same as rivalry, but a lot of the time in different genres, we have that same kind of dynamic between two characters who may never meet, but represent different ideologies, as a final closing question, we've talked about how sports fiction is not as well known in the mainstream, and rivalry, especially in sports fiction, is hard to find. So what makes sports fiction worth reading for a sports fan or for a fan of literature who has no interest in sports?
1: I guess I'll say for the for the sports fan, you'll find sports fans who read a lot of sports nonfiction. Um, and I think actually by, by challenging yourself to read fiction, you can actually get a deeper understanding of, of this thing you care about so much of this thing you love. You know, a lot of facts and dates and who did what, when, and this and that, like I said, there, there's almost this sort of detachment and sort of decontextualization. Like the sports are almost happening in a vacuum or in sort of this separate realm. And I think the good sports fiction kind of pulls it back into life. And like in in Fat City in particular, it's like you're just brutalized by the mundanity of these guys live. I think there's a richness in good sports fiction that can add to our appreciation of real life sports. And I think for the non-sports fan or even like the sports hater, um, challenge yourself. It's cool to kind of engage with a different world, you know, in a sense, you know, I, I don't know how far I can take this, but it's like we read fantasy novels that exist in these kind of made-up lands and in a weird way sports are less ambitious fantasy in real life
0: yeah um coming from a non-sports fan i can definitely see how people who aren't in that hemisphere can see it as something arbitrary or mundane but there is always more depth to something that is mundane or something silly so yeah
1: there is right And, and i think to that like mundanity and arbitrariness like anyone who's like this is ridiculous it's just a bunch of people running in circles or trying to put one object into another object like they're not wrong but again it's like let's be a little kind to you know a couple billion people around the world who find a lot of value in this to the sports nuts i'm gonna say don't take your rivalries too seriously and to the sports agnostics i'm gonna say give us a chance because You might have more fun than you think.
0: First things first, Dr. O is so right about the potency of imagery and metaphors you can get out of sports. The backdrop of boxing used to tell a story of two failing, desperate men mesh so perfectly with Fat City's themes. Boxing is a brutal sport. It's demanding, obsessive, and most of all, destructive. The boxers of Fat City destroy themselves for everything to come crashing down one way or another, whether that be suffering a major injury, spiraling after an unfulfilling victory, or simply aging out of one's prime. There are no winners in Fat City, just fighters. Billy Tully's and Ernie Munger's trainer Ruben Luna describes this perilous fight as fatalistic optimism, like finding a way to keep moving forward even if it kills you. These men are desperate and detestable as Ernie resigns himself to an indifferent marriage and Tully drinks himself to the brink. They search for solutions to their miserable lives and come up short every time, lost without love, yet built to last. They had succumbed to whatever in them was weakest, And often, it was nothing he could even define, Gardner writes, as Luna reflects on failed boxers. They lost when they should have won and drifted away. They were all so vulnerable, their duration so desperately brief that all he could do was go on from one to the other in quest of that youth who had all that the others lacked. There was always someone who wanted to fight. Fat City is a bleak story about the aimless lives of failing boxers but it is by no means without heart. There's nothing more human than persistence in the face of despair. I'll admit, the first chunk of sad mundanity this book dedicates itself to did not interest me, but pays off later as we witness Tully and Munger's struggle to take control of their lives. Leonard Gardner successfully conveys a universal experience through the lens of boxing, and it packs a serious punch. Austin Bound is a production of the Daily Texan Audio Department. If you liked this episode, subscribe to the Daily Texan Podcast on your streaming platform of choice and follow us on X at Texan Audio. This episode was reported and edited by me, Melody Jones. Cover art by Aislinn Gaddis. Music Brer Krill, Tidal Foam, and Castrol by Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you for listening.